Welcome to this week's Technocast for the National TUP SSO Franchise Owners Association. My name is Joe Gall. I've been in the network for 15 years now and a member of the FOA for five. I own three stores in Southeast Florida. I want to take a little bit of, I want to talk a little bit about my journey into multiple stores. Maybe some of you are thinking about taking the journey. Maybe you, some of you have already done it and can relate. So, you want to be an MCO. First thing I got to ask is, are you out of your mind? Do you believe in your heart and mind and wallet that this is still a viable franchise? If you do, good, and keep listening. I just bought my third store in April of this year. Uh, the process was way different than store number two, and that process was way different than store number one. Tons more paperwork, a lot more requirements. I started 20 years ago at 29 years old as a manager of the mailboxes, etc. Actually, I was at training when uh, they made the announcement and all the big boys uh, showed up in their suits and made the announcement. We were all excited at the time. Well, when I was a mailbox setter, I ran a 400,000 STR store, which uh, the, the uh, owner was mostly an absentee owner, for about five years before I realized that, hey, I could uh, keep all the profits for myself and buy my own store. Or you could say I bought myself a job, so I go with the latter. So, I bought a mismanaged store in a pretty good area. I borrowed money from anywhere I could get it. Um, it was pretty easy to borrow money back in 2001. I remember what stated incomes were. Banks are willing to take a chance. Remember those days? Well, business was good. Sales grew every month and every year. And you know, I was fortunate to be able to pay it off in about five years. So, and a year later, 2007, I said, let's expand. So I took over a struggling two-year-old store, but the good news is it was only five miles away. Of course, of course, in 2007, the housing market crashed, and uh, store number one started to struggle a little bit. Uh, it was a silver at a time and went back down to bronze. You know, not the worst thing in the world, but it still went down. Uh, then I had to wonder how long would this little thing they called a recession last? You know, nobody knew. Everybody's houses markets and gas, everything was going crazy. So the store came cheap, uh, but the business didn't. That was a rough few years for me. But I basically uh, bought my competition, so it couldn't hurt me anymore. The store didn't belong there anyway. Uh, too many stores, too close together. Sound familiar to uh, UPS store land out there? This one took a while for the area to grow in around it. Uh, well, the economy covered in, in five years, I finally uh, built that store up and paid that one off too. So I took a step back and looked and I say, hey, I'm making money. Well, it's about time. And bam, renewal time. Goodbye money. Remodel time. Bam, goodbye more money. Then the IRS came a knocking. Goodbye even more money. I briefly saw the road to Easy Street. I did say briefly. I had a long talk with my accountant there after that. His advice was to expand uh, or buy new equipment to depreciate or just pay the IRS every year. So, I mean, cash is golden, right? Just pay the IRS, you're making money. Um, so, what was the good news there? Well, the money was still good and I still believe in this franchise. So, instead of diversifying or trying another business out, I decided to stick to what I know and found another mismanaged store in a decent yet uh, pretty affluent area. Uh, the price was right, but the numbers were pretty low for where the store was located. Fortunately, I was able to see through the numbers. I actually was able to see the numbers from surrounding stores. Uh, the stores around it were doing very well. Unfortunately, this store wasn't. I wonder why. 
but as you know, you can't see numbers from other stores anymore, so I, I caught that at the right time. But like I said, it was a really good area, high-rise condos on the water, million-dollar places. There's no reason for the store not to do well. It's definitely mismanaged, and I saw plenty of potential in it, so why not? Take the plunge. I myself have always been a hands-on owner. Uh, I have always considered myself a manager just wearing the owner's hat now. So how do you go from a totally hands-on to hands-off? That's my million-dollar question. How do I clone myself? I need more of me's. I'm not sure the rest of the world needs any more of me, though. So got to stay with what we got. Okay, not going to happen. So delegate. Trust people. That sounds fun. No, it's not fun. It's terrifying. How do you just let go after something you've done for your, you know, your whole business life, basically? But slowly but surely, I'm uh, passing on the tasks that I've done myself every day for 15 years to my managers. Wow. And guess what? The stores still run. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. My people still need plenty of guidance, some tutelage, or a gentle slap upside the head once in a while. But I have a good system. I believe in it. I'm organized. I'm efficient. I'm compliant. Oh, yes, I just used a C word. So strike that if you need to. So now... I go to the stores just doing paperwork, and hey, I can delegate that too. Or I'd go do some marketing. Hey, I can delegate that too. Maybe I don't do anything at all and still make money. That's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> it's certainly my dream, but right now it's still just a dream. You know, after you pay everybody to do everything for you, there's really nothing left. So obviously I can't de delegate everything yet, but yeah, my dream is I'm going to get there. I'm going to do it. So. It's Again, it's time to step out of the stores and work on them, not in them. Uh, the Association Forum, um, a post from Paul, I believe, in Tampa, recommended a, a book. It's called E-Myth Revisited. Read it. I've read it twice now. It talked about how and why businesses fail and how to fix them. I mean, the message is to work on your business, not in it. There's not enough time in the day to focus on all aspects of your business. You know, as your business gets busier, it gets harder. You can't grow until you take a step back, analyze all facets of your business like operations, marketing, human resources, purchasing, accounting, really everything. You gotta put the right people in the right places. And, uh, and I just think that book is fabulous. It's a, it's a must read. I got away with uh, being hands-on in two stores because they were close enough together, only five miles apart. But I found that impossible in three stores or more going forward. Thinking back, how much money did I leave on the table because I tried doing it all myself? You know, could I have grown my two stores faster if I'd gotten out from behind the counter sooner? I kind of think so now. I really do. Oh, well. Can't go back in time, so. Okay, now that I have three stores, I am forced to have three solid managers in place. My goal is to be out from behind the counter 99% of the time. I have to be. You, know, you, you need to be. I need to be. I want to be. And you know what? I, I deserve to be. I put my dues in the process of getting the stores uh, borderline on ridiculous though um, of course it should take you a lot of time going over the numbers and you really need to put some time into it looking inside and out you know is the existing store making money is the price right don't be fooled by uh, str or how you evaluate your store I mean, it shouldn't be based on the str you could have a great str and still not be profiting you need to dig deep into the balance sheets, the P&Ls. You have to understand what cash flow is and how to calculate it. And uh, from there, you know, you or your financial advisor or accountant can come up with a good price. 
just because a store appears to be making money doesn't mean it really is, especially when the old owner didn't keep accurate numbers. And the one I just bought, uh, he really didn't, so it's kind of misleading. I mean, I could have gone a little further uh, legally with him, but heck with it. I just uh, bought it, took it over, did it. Uh, back to the ridiculousness of the approval process. Just because you've been in the network for 15 years, own a silver and a bronze center, doesn't make you a slam dunk for being approved for another center. I guess the acceptance criteria got a lot tougher. Just getting all the finances on paper takes time. Borrowing money isn't easy it used to be. Even if you have a cash flow, or if you even have cash, at all in cash, just to use as collateral. Yeah, my, one of my, uh, my original store, the bank had my operating account for 15 years. They wouldn't lend me a dime. I, I couldn't believe that. So I went to a smaller bank who's been pursuing me for years to be, just open a, or switch over my operating account to them. Uh, they were pretty aggressive in pursuing me, so I decided to go through them. Um, their restrictions were pretty tough too, so they sent me through them to the SBA. Not crazy about the SBA because they're, they're um, pretty ruthless there. They want too much information, too much collateral. So I did it anyway. They now own my soul for the next five years, but they lent me the money. So that's behind me. So Once I filled out the application, got the pre-approval on my loan, my area franchisee submitted the paperwork. But first I had to put down 10%. Surprise, a non-refundable 10%. Yikes, that was scary. What if something happened in the months wait, uh, waiting for the banks to end the home office to uh, get this approval ready? So my area franchisee and his attorney needed to make sure they got paid no matter what. They're the new rules. You back out, you pay anyway. I almost backed out. I should have backed out, but I signed it and crossed my fingers and waited for the approval. So it's all behind me now. But wait, it wasn't about the money now. I still had to get approval by the new UPS regional VP. Yes, my fate was in, left in the hands of a UPS guy that has never met me, knows nothing about me, has never been in my stores. My application had to go through a UPS guy that lives in New Jersey. It took him about a month to even look at me as a viable MCO. I, apparently he was behind on his paperwork. A month. His home office took another month after that just to grant my approval. A month. Then getting these approval letters from home office to give to my bank just so they could start the, the, loan op, uh, the loan process, that took more time. So my bank wouldn't release the funds until they got the letter. So that took another couple of weeks just for that. Uh, it certainly, definitely, certainly was a process, a long drawn out and what seemed like forever process. Here's another good part. Each store, now that you have multiple stores, you must have a certified operator or a primary operator in place. I am allowed to be a primary operator, but um, I need certified operator, certified operators in each store. There's more money for training and more time. Each store must have at least one person certified in print. There's even more money, more time. And the owner, that's me, has to go to San Diego for MCO training. More money and even more time. I've been an MCO for nine years. Did I really need to go? Yep. I had to check that box on the form. The time away from home with the stores kind of sucked, but the MCO class was okay. The hardest part was the time change. I live in Florida. At 4 a.m. I was up for the day and couldn't get used to it in the four days that I was there. My class of 25 had some pretty interesting owners in it, though. We were all in the same boat, when you come down to think about it. You know, some had 
just getting their second. Some were on their fifth or sixth or seventh stores. Uh, experienced and uh, taking on more responsibilities than what they, we were all doing. You know, one guy had five stores, but had several other businesses too. Um, and this, these were not even his primary focus. His focus was on his bakeries and whatever else he was doing. Pretty interesting that how he was able to diversify. Um, uh, he again had a lot of people in place and the right people in place, and that's what he he based everything on was his uh, people. Another guy had two stores in Iowa and another one in Colorado. I thought that was kind of interesting and crazy because you know, obviously it's a little bit of a commute. And there was another guy in Hawaii, and one of them was on the uh, military base. So that was kind of interesting how his life is. Uh, the youngest in the class was 23 years old. The oldest was in his 70s. Um, we all come from different places, different careers, different nationalities, different professional backgrounds. We all came from different places, yet here we are. Uh, networking was great at the MCO training. Most of the class was in open forum, open forum format. The instructions were good. They were well trained. They know what they're doing. Um, the content was necessary, uh, but it was all crammed in the four days. Um, this time it was uh, pretty easy to absorb, not like the first time I went to San Diego for training when I really didn't have a clue. Uh, talk about crammed in. That was kind of crazy. Uh, but the mailbox setter days are long gone. Uh, you can run stores, you know, or you can't run stores how you want anymore, obviously. Uh, hello, compliance. You know, compliance isn't going away. It, in my opinion, I tried to fight it, tried to question it, and now it just takes too much constructive time away to fight it. So why bother? That's another topic for another day. You need to get and stay organized. Your managers and associates needs, need to buy into your organization. Uh, define your roles. Delegate. Have a marketing plan. You're a business now. But every MCO isn't the same. Owning two stores isn't the same as three, and three isn't the same as four. And you know, the more you go, the more complicated it gets. Or does it get easier? You know, I talked to some people at the convention that have you know, 20, 30 stores, and you know, they, they seem to uh, get by. And the more stores, the more people you have to rely on, the more people you have to trust. You can't do it all yourself or you're going to drive yourself insane. I may, I myself may already be insane, but they haven't tested me yet. So, Okay, well, being an MCO in the franchise might be the only way to make significant money now. Uh, it depends on your area, of course. Um, although I met several owners at convention that are doing quite well with just one. Uh, so that's why we do this, all right? It's to make money save enough to retire, to own nice things, to go on nice vacations, to provide a future for our kids. So being an MCO I don't think is very hard, it's just work, um, but you need a good staff. It's easier than being behind the counter all day. Uh, taking or talking to other MCOs at convention was great. We had uh, plenty of MCOs in our FOA, so use them, learn a lot from them. I know I did. There, I did it. I recorded my first Technocast. Thanks for listening, and please keep listening. And by the way, we need more recordings. You all have knowledge, interesting experiences, tips, or anything to share. You know, write it down, record it on your iPhone, or download Audacity and send it. It's not hard. I, I need your help. Thanks. Have a good night.